Welcome to the American Made and Paid Show, the home of free speech and independent thought. The big story is freedom of speech is really in trouble. The far left knows that at any time they can call for a sponsor boycott of anyone they despise. It is right here, right now, where you'll get your weekly dose of unfiltered truth. It's non-negotiable. Pre-existing conditions will be protected. This president has said this as a candidate. Insight. Very few people I know could have handled it. We can never, ever let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the American Maiden Page Show. I'm your host, Zach King. I got Professor Dreg here today, uh, kicking off this new week with just um, a couple of things here. First of all, if you haven't been listening in to our earlier episodes, I highly recommend you going in and checking out some of our thoughts on presidential candidates like Joe Biden, talking about progressivism as a whole, simply because if you're listening to these episodes one-off, you may not necessarily get the full picture here. Professor Dreg, one of my co-hosts here, is a conservative who comes from the streets. I mean, I don't mean that literally, but he has grown up in that uh, walk of life in that era that's granted him a perspective that we're not normally going to hear, right? And as a result, you know, there is an impression that there's a belief on the streets as to what political parties are going to actually be doing for these communities. But in reality, you know, there's going to be things that are being operated against. So sometimes we can't always blame people who are in these low-income neighborhoods or in the streets for the decisions that they make because they don't really know any better, right? And people like Bernie Sanders have obviously been the big champions of this. So my question to you, Professor Dreg, is like, what is what does what do people think of Bernie Sanders depending on where they come from? Because here's the thing the kind of more preppy, affluent college kid looks at Bernie Sanders differently than, say, somebody who is black, homeless on the streets looks at Bernie Sanders. And why is he so popular amongst black people, too? Well, see, but th- that's the thing. It's like, I honestly believe, just from, from my own personal experiences and just from, you know, from being from the streets. And, like, like I grew up in the streets. Like, yeah. I grew up in a ghetto. Uh, all my friends are from the ghetto. <laughs> Everybody I know is from the ghetto. Even the people who are successful, they all came from the ghetto. And, and believe it or not, uh, this one congressman, a very, very long time congressman, used to teach at a ghetto school. And uh, not that he used this to get ahead, but you know, the thing is like this. There is a real economy on making money off of broke people. Right. And, and everybody knows this. If you're from the streets and you have a brain, uh, and, and a, lot of the, a lot of the kids and a lot of the people in the, on the streets, they have a brain just like me. You know, I'm not a dummy. Uh, and uh, a lot of people believe that we're stupid. But we're not. We're just don't have the same opportunities, same educational opportunities as the affluent people or the middle class. And uh, so therefore, you know, our perception on things are a whole lot different because there really is no, you know, uh, I don't want to say like economy, but it's uh, there is a certain type of job you can get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where you just make money off of people who are economically disadvantaged oh that's what well not just that but no but seriously there is a real job not just being economically depressed but literally 
there is an entire industry. Yeah, they, collection agency or well, no, no, but check this out. I'm not kidding you. This is so crazy. This industry really can only function when your rights are either taken away from you or you give them away willingly. Can you give me an example of that? Like, uh, I'm trying to understand yeah. here. Well, the whole prison system is based on that. And, and why does a prison system thrive? Well, because, you know, look, it's not, a, it's, this is not a racist thing to say. Black people commit the most crimes in this country. Mm -hmm. Willingly. It's not like black people commit crimes by accident. They're ignorant of the law. Like, oh man, officer, I didn't know that the speed limit in this uh, school zone was 25. So I was driving 35. I didn't know. That's not how blacks commit crime. Blacks willingly commit violent crimes. Mm -hmm. Why do they willingly give away their rights? And there's an entire industry based on that. And right. it starts from education. It starts with social services. It starts with every single thing a guy like Bernie Sanders promises. <laughs> because when somebody promises something, oh, you're going to get a great education. It is going to be free. If this education is going to be free, it's going to be great for you. <laughs> that was a pretty good Bernie. <laughs> and, no, but that's how he, that's, he's, he, that's literally what he says. In the yeah, story. that's literally what he says. You know, and then, oh, oh, oh you know, anyway. So you got that going. And then this education that is promised to the communities, like the ghettos, never happens. You're mm -hmm. never going to get it. But yet these people, like, you know, I don't want to say like idiots, but you know, you hate to say things like this because, you know, because uh, I know you're, you're a Christian, but a lot of black people do have a strong belief in God and, and Christianity. Right. And, you know, because of their belief. Yeah. They believe in guys like Bernie because, you know, why would he lie? Well, because here's the thing, and, and I actually, I'm glad you brought this up because this is going to segue very nicely in a, a conversation I was having with someone last night about Bernie Sanders is basically like a televangelist. And hear me yeah. out. <laughs> <That's> because <bingo. laughs> here's the thing, with faith and what I would like to call good charity and goodwill, what we're taught in Christianity, and this is where, ah, uh, if you're not, if you're not smart, unfortunately, like it's good. Okay, I I believe that a successful person is a charitable person. He is smart and he has good faith. Okay, so you need you need all of that. But if you're very strong in your faith and you're not very smart, you're always going to be in a position where people can take advantage of you. Take for example that one guy, and then I'll kind of wrap it back to Bernie for this, right? I don't know if you remember that black televangelist from Atlanta, Georgia. His name is Creflo Dollar. No, I, mean, I think I know who you're talking, who you're talking about. about. And he asked his entire congregation to pitch like money so he could fund a $65 million jet to continue preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel on Mars. You're going to need Jesus on. No, I say this because no, I never he heard that. Said that. He said no, stuff I like, if I, if I need, if I need money to fund my jet, so we can go to Mars and be preaching the gospel. I need a billion dollars for that space shuttle one day because they're going to need to hear the good word too. Like he said that <laughs> stuff and people fall for it. And he's not the only one. Oh, people, so what I'm trying to say is that in Christianity, we are, we are taught to, to tithe. Okay, that's, that's a thing where you give. Offering yeah. is something that you give. But I think that there's a disconnect between 
people and also so so you're you're taught to do that in Christianity but when you're when you have a pastor or a reverend you know the leader of a congregation who tells people the importance of offering and tithing which i believe is important i give to my church too but this guy is coming in and taking advantage of a lot of dumb people as you say and in this case this example a lot of dumb black people in atlanta georgia they're giving him millions of dollars and here's the thing here's the here's how crooked it is it's tax exempt because it's a church he doesn't yeah. pay taxes on any of that stuff we'll see so, and here's the thing it's not that they're dumb they're just uneducated and they have good hearts because they really yeah, yeah. that's what i mean to say they have good hearts these are good people good people but they don't know any better yeah no but they don't and they're taught to trust because that's what jesus would do jesus would trust correct but they, correct so see this is jesus where this is where it gets really crooked is because you can take people's faith like you said, you can take people's dis whatever situation they have where you know you can manipulate them because you're very experienced in this and use it against them. And these televangelists, some of these pastors do exactly that. Now, I, I say that because this is a conversation I had with a friend last night. It's like, oh, there's tons of people who do this. But to tie it back to Bernie, Bernie's doing the same thing. Yeah, He's doing the same what thing. What do they do? They go into the churches. They go into the churches every election every election cycle you will see bernie sanders going into these exactly. churches, christian yeah. churches and he's not a christian but he will go into a christian church and preach to these christian believers saying that they're going to give this they're going to give that they're going to you know free correct 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 free food free phones free health care everything is free and technically speaking, that is like the opposite of what Christianity is. Well, here's the thing, because giving, 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 unfortunately, in people's heads means I gave, therefore a recipient is getting this for free. And this is where the government fools people, right? There's nothing free. There's no such thing as free education. Someone's paying for it. Someone always is. <clears throat> Even with, with tithing and offerings in the church, right? You are giving money. You are giving resources. And if people who are um, educated and they know and they want to give willingly, right, and they know exactly where it's going, there's nothing wrong with that. We talked about how in conservatism, that's necessary. You need good charity because it helps the poor. It helps rebuild infrastructure. And I'm starting to put the pieces together in my head here. And the thing is, what Bernie does is uses this aspect of going into the church and saying, mm -hmm. hey, give me money so I can give your kids good schooling, good health care, things that you need, things that you want. But in reality, he is actually implicitly informing people to give up their rights. Okay, right? so now, based on what you said, think about this. What happens next? Because it goes back to what I said in the beginning. There is an entire industry based on people getting people to give away their rights and liberty so what happens next once black people or people in the streets or from these because basically it is the churches you see it all the time yeah when hillary clinton got caught doing all that negro uh hot sauce thing. type stuff oh yeah well not just the hot sauce she did that on the breakfast club but when she goes oh i ain't no west tired she literally said it like that pandering yeah she aoc does that too church. See, like whenever they get caught, whether it's Joe Biden or, or, or uh, what's that other guy, the, uh, Al Gore, yeah. Al Gore does this. He always does it in the churches. 
So when the people in, because the look, bottom line is this, the best people in the hood are the ones who go to church, you know, because they got the most money. They're the, they're, you know, they're put together the best. And uh, so when those people give away money to guys like Bernie Sanders and everything else, what happens? Like, what's the next logical step that happens? And then, well, they fail. And when those people, the pillars of the community, when they fail, everybody else that looks up to them says, man, these dudes are suckers. We, it, this is not going to work. So if giving to quote unquote reputable people and the best of us doesn't work, then, you know, violence seems to always work. Well, and, and here, here's, here's the next thing too, because unfortunately the, the implicit understanding here in America is that people still want to have money. They want prosperity. I'm not talking about wealth. I'm not talking about good education. I'm talking about prosperity here, right? A lot of these people who go into churches, right? Unfortunately, millions of people who tune into church, not just when politicians go into it, like Farrakhan, Hillary Clinton. We can talk about Farrakhan another episode. I really want to talk about Farrakhan because there's parts of him I respect, actually. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I, yeah. lot I don't agree with Farrakhan on a lot, but we have to talk about Louis Farrakhan on this show because it's, it's going to be not what people expect. Anyways, I got I well, don't like about Farrakhan is he's anti-Jew. Yeah. If he didn't hate I, then he'd be okay. But other yeah. than that, that's his only flaw. But but I have I have my theory on Farrakhan that I'll bring up later, actually, because I think you're gonna appreciate this. It may be something you already know or something that you might be like, oh wait, that actually makes sense. But here <laughs> what I was gonna say about prosperity is millions of churches, right? Not millions of churches, millions of people who tune into churches like Joel Osteen, Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland. We're talking about these guys on TV, have been preaching. Not, not just like giving good things, but giving good things will, all, will, re, will be returned to you as a sign of God's favor, right? So pro, like seed faith. You know, you've seen those guys yeah, on, on yeah, church yeah, yeah. where they're like, hey, if you sow $1,000 and you send it in right now, God's going to take away your cancer. And people fall for this stuff. And, but the thing is... Well, it's not true. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 what I'm trying to say is it's no diff it you take advantage of people who what I'm trying to say is this when you go into a church for some of these people who are good hearted charitable people you take advantage of people when they are in a position where they want to give the most it's not that they wouldn't give from Monday through Saturday but when they come in on Sunday and they tie like you know what I mean yeah they're in a position where they know like this is when to give. And when you put somebody like a politician behind the pulpit and it's just like, I will give you this, I will give you this. It kind of like is in the same ballpark and people are just like, okay, well this person's coming in talking about good things, just like the gospel is the good news. And if you're not super well-educated on like your rights, where your money is going, like taxation, most people are happy with paying a higher tax tax if it's going to give her better education but you don't really know where it's going then people continue to do that and nothing happens and bernie's made a career off of that for decades hillary clinton's done that for decades they're not going to stop anytime soon well every politician 
is going to do this. I guarantee you this. Yeah. this is what Democrats do. And, you know, so unless I'm, you're Trump, but yeah. Well, well, see, exactly. Uh, except for Trump is the exception. So yeah, Trump is the exception uh, because he's not a politician. <laughs> yeah, no, and he's not. But but why do blacks love Trump? Because he's, you know, I think he's hella hood. You know what I mean? It's like, man, Trump is like, like just any other hood rat. More and more I, when I talk to you, I'm starting to understand that being ghetto has nothing to do with growing up poor or being in the neighborhood. It's about knowing how people are. And there's no better example of that than knowing the psychology of people who've had to live with nothing and get somewhere. Because there's two things that are going on here. Those people, if you put them in the right hands, may be very, very hardworking, granted the right opportunities. Or number two, very, very easy to manipulate. It's just a matter of what you want to do. A good person would go in there, educate people, and then guess what? Give them jobs. But by giving them jobs, you become rich. You become wealthy. Think about it, right? Yeah. Or another person with a bad heart would go in there and be like, oh, look at all these suckers. I'm just going to make a lot of money off of them. <laughs> think about it. A smart person, like a, a street conservative who knew these things, could go in and do either, is what I'm saying. That's ghetto. Yeah. That's because you just know how people are. You know what their needs are. You can figure out to how to get money from people to make yourself wealthy, or you could go in and create jobs. You start something, and then you're like, you give all these people, maybe these kids who are, um, you know, uh, juvenile delinquents, jobs. Like we were talking about, like, hey, all these homeless kids, just give them a job, right? And you can do that. Somebody who's just like, whoa, I've got 50 able bodies here. Why don't I start something? Hey, how about you help me build this church? How about you help me build these houses or whatever, right? Out in the woods. And then I'll pay. You know what I mean? That's like what, that's, that's, that's what <laughs> that's I think Trump exactly is like. How it works. That's exactly how it works. But through regulations, they don't let you do that. It's really hard to just get 50 ass ghetto people to help you do something because they got to have permits. They got to be licensed or something crazy. I know. I know. In all honesty, insurance, it, workers comp. It's like, oh, yeah. I, I can't just hire 10 kids to help me build something that I pay them all 10 bucks a day. But in reality, I got $10,000 worth of work done. That's how, that's how one of those people on the streets think. Yeah, but then they learn something. But, but anyway, yeah, but listen. <laughs> but, but my thing is I could justify that because most people were like, man, see, that's slave labor. It's like, no, those kids learned something that day. How yeah. not to get ripped off and two, no, but no, no, no. But seriously, they really learn this. They learn experience. They, they learn how to pick up a hammer. They learn how to, you know, do landscaping or something because that's free schooling. And that's like what a real internship is. When you hire these ghetto ass people, that's like saying, hey, look, I'm paying you to be my intern. I'm teaching you something. So you don't, you know, you shouldn't expect shitloads of money and all this other stuff but that but that's a, a tangent so going back to the natural steps and why you know uh with the violence like well you know why is it why do blacks commit so much violence so we already established the first step the first step is you have these people the best of us in the ghetto just giving away money Every time Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton or, or, or the other Clinton bill or uh, Al Gore talking crazy about the environment, uh, you know, in the churches and uh -huh. people give out money and in return, they get nothing. Everybody watches and they see that. So again, the next natural step, 
is they turn to other means to make money because you remember what you just said if you give a thousand bucks your cats are supposed to give away and a lot of these people that go in like the democrats they come into the churches and they say look you give me a thousand bucks and i'm going to give you free food free education all this and it just doesn't work mm -hmm. you know that the healthcare doesn't work because one they're not sick why do you need to go in when you're healthy you know the majority of people in the ghetto they're not sick they're not dying from anything crazy you know every once in a while you see a guy with cancer or some old person needed uh needing something cataract surgery or something but for the most part the majority of people are healthy so when everybody's giving away their money the people who not a hustle they're like f this guess what these political parties do nothing for us so when people start believing the government doesn't help you and they're against you which everybody believes because what do they see they see democrats asking for money taking money from the best of us and then you see the republicans are absent there is no republican nothing conservative uh regarding the ghettos it's remember we talked about that every single ghetto across the country without exception is ruled by progressives there is not one person who is a conservative talking to anybody in any ghetto across the country you can go to baltimore where's your conservative person michelle re they booted her after, like seriously michelle re went into baltimore and, and that's true also about if you look you don't even have to know that from the streets I wish people who even studied election results knew this. Because think about the last person who campaigned in, last conservative who campaigned in ghetto areas. I think it was Nixon. Seriously. Well, Trump did it. Trump did it. Well, no, 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 I, I know. Before Trump. Before Trump, no other Republican went into these conservative cities. That's why I, I made a video on this actually on why Asians vote conservative. And this is just one piece of the pie. Some of these people never met a Republican in their lives. They yeah. never met a conservative because they don't go there. And that's why they don't know any better either. Dude, it was harsh. When Trump came into San Jose. <laughs> I can only imagine how crazy well, that would have gone. Okay, gotten. so the east side is how, well, it's not as good as what it used to be, but there's still. No, Filipinos are super conservative, though. Filipinos. But we're talking about Mexicans and the Vietnamese. Uh -oh. So, oh, my God. So it was, so anyway. So those remnants of the, those ghetto ass Mexicans that, you know, lowriders and stuff like that, dude, it was intense in San Jose when Trump came. You saw all those like dudes like who've never been to Mexico, <laughs> but they hate Republicans so much because they don't even know they're white themselves. Like, dude, they were the whitest Mexicans you'll ever see, but they think they are not white. Like it's like being a transgender. You know what I mean? They're pretending so hard not to have a penis, but look, when they look down and go pee, they know they have one. And these Mexicans are so white, and you know, they're pretending so hard not to be white that it's, it's a real sickness. So anyway, so when Trump came down, oh man, it was a hell, it was it was a good old fashioned riot, man. <laughs> but because yeah, all the ghetto ass, because downtown is 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 it's ghetto over there. Yeah. Downtown San Jose is hella ghetto. Everybody knows that. It's just. Yeah, we Mexicans. used to go down there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the Mexicans ran it over because the Vietnamese kicked them out of East San Jose. So they all went north to downtown. And uh, so, oh, man, it's just a. Sh 
it's yeah, really but fun. but I will say this though, San Jose. I feel like, from my experience, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you got more experience in San Jose than I do. But uh, the Filipinos there are pretty conservative. They may they may act liberal, but their parents are are like don't even use birth control type conservative. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, not just that, but their families are intact. They got they both parents work. They have money, dude. Trust me. A lot we, of them we, may not have gone to college, but they have intact families, which is the important thing. That's all you need is an intact family, and no, you'll no, be fine. Think about this, and, and this is total proof. Do you know why Filipinos are so successful in every single industry that is considered ghetto, like dancing, DJ, music? Yeah. Dude, they can sing. I, dude, I'm glad you're bringing this up. We had a joke, a running joke back in the day, which was we used to go to open mics in San Jose and San Francisco. Oh, I got to tell you this. Every time a Filipino person would go up there, I would always take bets with my friend and just be like, the guy, you, trust me, he's going to be the best singer here out of all this. And I bet you this, like we talked to him before. They always say something like, oh, no, I've only been singing for like three weeks in like my bedroom or whatever. And they'd go up there. And they'd sing like freaking Luther Vandross or whatever. And we'd be like, you see what I mean? Because it's, it's, you know like it's a cultural thing. They grow up singing in church. It's like black people. I, I'm just going to say it. Black people can sing better, like on average, in my opinion. Yeah, why? Because that's a ghetto industry. It's singing. It's the arts. Because yeah. education, a solid education is non-existent in the ghetto. You cannot learn about science to save your life. It's All the greatest musicians, like they never learned it in school. They played in church. They they like they just yeah. learn how to play music in church. The ones that play, like Stevie Wonder, he learned. Yeah. Like you think people are like Stevie Wonder, you guy guy can't read music probably. He he's never gone to college. He learned that in church. <laughs> yeah, no, but he I I believe he can now. Somebody taught him bro. No, but think about yeah. this. The hard sciences and math is so rare in the ghetto. They make movies when somebody's successful with education. <laughs> think about that. That's They're right. That's right. Standard Deliver and the one I think Standard Deliver is the one with the uh, uh, Edward James almost teaching the Mexicans how to do calculus in uh, in L.A. Mm -hmm. If they made a movie like that about Asians learning calculus in high school, nobody would go see it because. It's expected that Asians would learn calculus by the time, you know, after they graduate high school. So I, I have to say something, though, about Asians, specifically the Chinese demographic. The reason why they are very, very similar in geographic proximity to black people, Filipinos and all that is not just because of uh, progressive laws that put them there. Right. But also this Chinese people that come from China, not Hong Kong. But Chinese yeah. people that come from mainland China are the equivalent. They're ghetto. As in, like, they, they work in coal mines. They work in the farms and stuff. They're not your academic. It's only when they come here and they realize, oh, my gosh, forget <laughs> communism. I'm sick of that stuff. My kids are going to be great. Then they tell their kids. Like, people think that Asians go to school and get good grades, right? That's only the, that, that only pertains to Chinese people who come here. Like the Joy Luck Club. You know, when yeah. you come here and you got kids, it's not even your parents that did well in school. It's their kids that do well in school because they mandate that. But from where you come from, from your homeland, we're not, we, we are not, not as a whole academically sound. In fact, you watch a lot of Chinese movies. What do they do? A lot of them still kind of work in restaurants. They work in factories, big, no, big not power plants. They all do. They all do, right? I and don't get me wrong. They're, they're businessmen, but 
<laughs> and the ones that go to like, you know, Beijing University or, you know, those universities are the ones that want to pursue academia, but not all Chinese people do that. A lot of them work in factories. Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them are seamstresses. A lot of them make clothes. A lot of them make shoes. A lot of like people forget that that's what the other 900 million Chinese people do. They grow potatoes. They grow rice. They got animals. They got cows. And it, like, that's, that's a real thing. You forget China has got over a billion people. The Chinese people you're thinking about is the smallest percentage of Chinese people you're thinking about. The rest of them are ghetto. They work out in the fields and they grow their own stuff. Remember the, well, I wanted to talk about, uh, Cause, dude, you, you reminded me of, of something like the restaurant, dude. I'm not kidding. You know how old school these Chinese dudes were. <laughs> they, <laughs> the head cook, the chef, he would chase the other workers with his little the cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a that's not untrue. Like that yeah, stuff that's happens. Not something educated, quote unquote, educated people. Ed, educated Chinese people don't do that. And here's the thing about the uneducated Chinese people that work hard. So they're not educated, but they work really hard. They can fight for their own businesses like the los angeles riots you know during the rodney king beatings dude you had koreans like fighting chinese people like yeah no but it's true yeah and that's how it works man that's how it works but but uh okay so now getting back on topic uh it's about the expectation see now it's expected here in america because it's like Hong Kong for the Chinese, yeah. that they all do well, they all get these educations, blah, 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 blah. And it used to be like that for blacks. There was okay. a time when the uneducated black people would mandate to their kids that they get an education. Yeah. And the best examples of that would be Herman Cain and his family and Ben Carson and his family. Right, you know, they right. grew up being super smart dudes like Ben Carson, not Ben, yeah, Ben Carson's a neurosurgeon. Herman Cain is a real rocket scientist. <laughs> you yeah. know, like he's a rocket scientist. He grew up and his parents weren't anything special, but it was mandated. It was an expectation that you were going to do well. But yeah, that went away. Back in the day, black people actually valued education. I mean, you know about the writings that Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Dubois wrote about, right? The people that started Dunbar High School. You know what I mean? Well, you know, unfortunately, the- I honestly don't know enough about that only because uh, it had no bearing on me. Like, seriously, like, seriously, like, uh, because here's the thing. Guys like Frederick Douglass and all these other people, as great as they might have been for their time, but that was for their time. Sure. The things that I honestly follow because this, the only thing that matters in the ghetto is what the judge says. <laughs> the thing about it, everybody, I don't care who you are, everybody's going to respect that judge. Nobody respects the cops. Nobody respects the politicians. But everyone's going to respect the judge because everybody knows the judge... Sends you know, to prison. Well, not just sends you to prison, but he can set you free. Or he's going to be the one that's going to say, hey, look, you got to give me back my money. Uh, if the landlord, you know, does something wrong... Only the judge, because the cop can't help you. It's only the judge. So you got to wait for the judge. So everybody respects the judge. And that's why I was so heavy into the law and reading case law. Because that's the only thing that matters. Because I knew the law so well, I can talk my way out of any ticket, any, just almost anything. Because cops don't know anything. Everybody literally knows nothing except for attorneys. 
Because why? They're the ones controlling everything. These politicians do what they do because the law allows them to do it. Is that also why a lot of them go to law school first and then find ways to really take advantage of people because they know the laws? Yeah, think you about get this. 90%, 99% of all politicians all have a law background, except well, Trump. But Yeah, you know. well, Trump and Reagan. Uh, but almost all the politicians are lawyers. And Ben Carson said himself, he goes, that's bad. If everybody is an attorney, it, it's the Constitution is not just supposed to be for lawyers. It's supposed to be for everybody, the farmers. And, and he goes, people need not to be lawyers in order to, you know, politicians shouldn't be lawyers. There should be a law against that, but there isn't. But uh, because not all lawyers are bad. You know what I mean? It's true. Not all lawyers are bad. But, you know, you got to think about this. Even guys on the right that we respect so much quote unquote, I don't respect him that much, but others do. Uh, like, like Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, he went to law school. How many of these talk show hosts went to law school and are attorneys on the conservative side? Well, I, I only know of Mark Levin and Ben Shapiro. Yeah. And then some dude, Judge Janine. Um, no, no, but a lot, like if you ever listened to like Shapiro had a fill in guy, like all of these fill in hosts, all used to be attorneys or went to law school and then they figured out that because here's the thing why did ben shapiro not become an attorney because like most attorneys from harvard that you know graduate from harvard law school they don't work for themselves they don't know how to hustle so what happens they work for a law firm where they do gopher work and that's the thing like you know and if you're an attorney from harvard you're probably going to work for a, a big law firm because you don't know any better you don't know how to work for yourself so you're somebody's gopher hoping to make partner one day see yeah. guys from harvard don't start their own law practices they don't because it's too hard to get clients because you know how hard it is to get your own clients yeah you gotta, oh, it's, 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 yeah, you're a salesman people forget that just because you went to law school, you're still starting a business if you're starting your own yeah. practice. It's like you got to make some calls. You got to put up some billboards like, like anybody else. Yeah, exactly. So on <laughs> the street, we don't respect anybody because they don't respect us. Nobody's going to respect somebody from the ghetto. You see somebody from the ghetto, it's like, oh, man, that dude's ghetto. And that's just automatic. That's what people think. So if they don't respect me, why should I respect you? Because more than likely, I'm going to be 10 times smarter than you. So, I mean, I think the I, I like to define this on the show because I think this is going to be a recurring theme. And it's something that I say a lot, too. But ghetto could also just mean for people who don't like that word very often and think it's hood. It could also just mean grit. People yeah. who <laughs> lack grit. Like Michael Savage is ghetto. But we all know it's because he has grit. <laughs> no, but you know why he's ghetto? Because he grew up in the ghetto. Seriously, everybody knows Savage wasn't rich. New he York Jew? Yeah. Dude, he was, dude, not all Jews were rich. That's like, dude, when you go to Israel, you'll see. There's very <laughs> few rich people there. Almost everybody's broke. That's why I don't get, I'm like, I'm thinking, I don't know why people say Jews are so rich. Everyone I knew was broke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like, they were broke as fuck. And I'm I know, Michael Savage, Michael Savage was probably broke for the first 40, 50 years of his life. And then he, you know. Yeah, he made money in radio. 
Seriously, yeah. he, he took selling it. well book sales, and then he even said all those like botany botany studies that he published or whatever. He only became well known and paid for that after he became a prolific radio host. It's like, oh, turns out Dr. Michael Savage is a botanist and a biologist. Well, and all not that. just that. Well, he also had a job. Uh, like, so he was paid as the director because, dude, his his work is second to none, and that's that's the yeah. like, dude, his his work was better than the work done i mean for its time you know uc san diego probably has one of the best i mean, not one of it is the best oceanography uh department in the world right and the studies done there on plant life is second to none savage's work is better than theirs <laughs> back in its day but on top of that his work still stands very strong like right now what they're doing now is better like like they made a lot of recent discoveries in the 90s and that is a little bit better than what savage did because of technology but savage's work is still like one of the best in the world to this day even though his is dated it's insane how good his work was it's funny because this is this is a good segue into things things that kind of tie into michael savage's work it paved the way for his son right for the yes. supplements and the vitamins used in rockstar energy drinks so for people who are listening to this who don't know michael savage's son is the founder of rockstar energy drink yeah arguably the most successful energy drink company you know in the world or in the united states so you know billion dollar guy like you know and it's all based off of the what is it? Just the different components found in plants yeah. that the compounds. And everybody loves that sugar. <laughs> and, and guess who else also took Michael Savage's stuff and put it into his vitamin supplements? Uh, what's his face? None other it's, than um, Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Yeah. <laughs> no, but not just Alex Jones. So did Scarlett Jones. Not Scarlett Johansson. What's that other? The, the white lady. She played <laughs> the white lady. <laughs> God, I forgot. She's a famous actress. Uh, she was wow, in, famous white lady actress. Oh uh, my goodness! No, I forget her name. She was in uh, Shakespeare in Love. She showed her boobies in that movie. Uh, <laughs> of, course you, of course, that's the only thing you remember from the movie. I forgot her name. She, but she's related to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> what's that mean? Like Spielberg? Uh, God, what's her name? No, not Glenn. Oh, um, Glenn Beck. No, 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 no. It's a female. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, Glenn. I mean, Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Glenn Beck is the radio host. Oh, yeah. Glenn Close. No, no, actress. no. She has My blonde bad. hair. She was in Shakespeare in Love. Young what? Shakespeare. She won an Oscar for that movie. Let me see. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. That's so right. Gwyneth Paltrow sells these supplements. Same thing. All based on Savage's work. <laughs> but she would never give him credit like oh yeah you know dr savage no gwena paltrow stuff and, and paltrow uh alex jones all these people with their stupid supplements is all based on savage's work and i bet you money he doesn't get a dime for it <laughs> no because you know what i mean but that's that's the point but here's the thing savage grew up ghetto he grew up in his father's shop polishing you know these copper and irons with toxic uh was probably why he's so short <laughs> he was breathing in all those toxins and stunted his growth but that's how ghetto he used to be 
you know, Jewish dude working like that in, in those, you know, in a yeah. closed, non circulatory, uh, no circulation, breathing in all those toxins. <laughs> and he's what, 5'8, five, 5'6? Five, no, five, he's five, like 5'4, five, 5'3, four, five, 5'4. Five, for short. And that's tank. why I'm telling you that's why he was growing up and that's how ghetto he used to be. He and doesn't he, sound like it on the radio, though. That guy can talk. Like, yeah, he sounds like he's like 10 feet tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But no, he's a short dude, and I'm pretty sure he's short because of those his exposure to toxins. Uh, and, and I think that that's 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 kind of what's necessary, you know. It kind of gives you the perspective. That's why this guy can't really be bought. You know why? Because he's from the streets himself to some degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's because you have your yeah. So like some things might sound hokey, but the thing about in the ghetto, it's really true. The one thing that can never take away from you is yourself. Like all the stuff you learned, they can never take that from you. All your accomplishments. Like uh, I was very accomplished in track and field. Some dude stole my stuff and literally stole my identity. You know, he had my medals and all of my uh, stuff that you get, like the letters, that, you know, like a letterman's jacket. Mm -hmm. So he stole my letter and all of the symbols that represented my varsity, uh, all the varsity sports I participated in. And I had nine. You know what I mean? I had nine varsity letters and then I had all of these league championship patches. So, you know, some dude stole it, but you know what? It's all right. Why? Because I know I did it. And the people who know, know I did it. And that's all I need. I don't need to be in the record books because it's not important. It's just, you know, they can never take that away from me. And, and you know that that's something you learn in the ghetto and Savage knows that. So that's why he doesn't even care because you know, he wants credit, but he doesn't care if he gets it or not because he knows he's the best. He knows his research was the best. So and it's, and the same the in, it's, it's also the same in radio, too, because other people like will try to bring him down. He's just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah, no. But and that's dude, everybody hates him. You know, <laughs> why, why do people not like Savage? Savage is great. Dude, I don't know. But Mark Levin hates him, dude. <laughs> like he's always talking crazy about him. And, and but Savage don't really care. He's like, yeah, fuck, he don't care. He does his own thing. He does his own thing. He just, you know, uh, yeah, you know what? Like, but Trump, what I like about Trump is he did acknowledge Savage, even though he's. Yeah, as, actually, as a matter of fact, Michael Savage um, recently unveiled the call that he had with President then Donald Trump, Mr. Trump, um, yeah. the day of the election. And Trump, for the first time, actually sounded a little defeated. You'll never hear Trump like because Trump's always like, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. It's going to be a terrific day. You know, dude, his positive thinking is why he's successful, right? But yeah. for the first time, he went on Savage's show and was like, uh, Michael, it's not looking too good. I don't know. And then it's like, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. You know, I, I've, and that's what Savage did because here's the thing Mark Levin didn't support Trump then. He supported Ted yeah. Cruz. None yeah. of the radio, the conservative radio guys were, were rallying us where it was just Savage, really. Savage and Alex Jones, those were the only two. And, and, and consequently, when he won, he phoned those two guys up. He went on Alex Jones and he went on Michael Savage. No, and, 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 and that's the thing. Think about this. Uh, um, um, that's why but, he'll never be establishment. He'll never be mainstream. Yeah, no, but think about that, though, for a second. And it kind of ties in back into the streets. See, people from the streets will never forget other people from the streets. And it doesn't mean, like, you know, we're not going to go get help because like right now I'm going to go to this meeting, you know, and it's not from somebody from the streets. But the thing is to get ahead, you can't use people from the streets who are still on the streets. 
So, you know, like Savage, he's established, even though he's from the streets, but come on, he's a powerful, powerful man. Same yeah. thing with like Alex Jones. I don't know if he's from the streets or not, but he might be like a hillbilly type. Because a hillbilly dude, like the white equivalent to the ghetto is are the hillbillies, wherever they live, like the cowboys. Yeah. Because cowboys are like the Chinese. They're just uneducated, crazy people just living off the land. And I, I come from that background, man. Restaurants, laundromats, like <laughs> and my great grandfather, I need to tell you the story. We'll do it on another episode. But guess what he made his well, he didn't make money doing this, but how he established himself as the the, the man in town was he was the only one who had money. So you know uh -huh. what he did? He issued loans to people. That's what wow. Chinese people do. In fact, you know who else does that? Ghetto Jews. They yeah. write loans to people. That's that's what we've we were what they call the middlemen minority, where you do the monetary transactions. So if you weren't out running stuff, you were lending people money, and you made yep. money off of lending people money. <laughs> yeah, no, but you want to know what's funny? And you're, if you're really ghetto, you'll be a bookie. <laughs> yeah, that's Make, true. Like, taking bets and stuff like that. Well, I don't gamble, but <laughs> but anyway, so um. Going back to this whole ghetto stuff, uh, um, so when a black person gives the money to those Democrat politicians in the churches, it sets an example to everybody else that they're idiots because they just lost everything. They're going to get nothing. They're standing in line. They're being embarrassed. Like, seriously, you know how embarrassing it is to be collared around like somebody grabbing you by the collar look what i did for this poor little negro look what i did for this poor little negro if you give me money to come on you know how embarrassing that is they do that all yeah no but that's insane so every every other person is looking at this dude and thinking man you are one uncle tom or or you know but that's just a nice way of saying it you know it's like don't be letting these people use you and that's why Nobody trusts these politicians. You go to any ghetto and everybody will tell you the same thing. There is no difference between Democrats and Republicans. Well, why do they vote Democrat? If if they vote, they'll vote for Democrats because that's the old, they don't know what the other guy is. They they never heard of it. But here's the thing. And, and we didn't get, we didn't even touch this at all. Uh, and we're not going to have time to really get into this. Uh, about black whole, Twitter? or Not just black Twitter, but but the violence. Why is there violence? Because think about it. There is these people who go into the churches. Not only do they take their money and set it, make the good people, make them to a bad example. Then they start using stereotypes like black Twitter. You know what I mean? Like what the hell is black Twitter? Seriously, what is black Twitter? Does the people who own Twitter said, you know what? Let's just do a separate ones just for blacks and let the blacks talk all crazy and maybe threaten each other and call each other the n-word and then we'll but let there is a such thing not twitter itself but there is a black version of twitter like like there is a black kind of online chat type thing yeah but not black twitter black twitter literally is black people using twitter <laughs> <laughs> and somehow some way the rules of the terms of service don't apply to blacks on quote unquote black Twitter for a reason.
think about this. Why was Twitter blocking all conservatives, but they allowed all that BS on black Twitter? <laughs> Quote unquote. Because that's part of it too. Because see, people yeah. don't realize how dangerous it is with censorship. And then there's no, you're the right. censorship where they're letting black Twitter run around being crazy, talking crazy. <laughs> and you won't, you won't, I've noticed this on YouTube. I have yet to see a black conservative who labeled themselves as such be censored. As a matter of fact, if you're a black conservative on YouTube, regardless of who you are, you're doing pretty good. You, yeah, you, are, you are doing, it's only, it's all the white extremists, white identitarians, white Christians, even Asians that are getting censored. I know some Asian guys, like Asian capitalists, it's like me and them guys, and, and we're getting hit. But if yeah, you're black, you're see, hit. okay, okay, actually, here's the perfect, perfect example to kind of tie it back. Louis Farrakhan, for 10 years, would say some hateful <laughs> stuff. No, I'm serious. He would say hateful stuff on Twitter, that and that's, and Democrats and Republicans were both outraged. It's like, why won't Twitter kick off Louis Farrakhan? Because he's black. Because he's black. <laughs> that's why. The because here's the thing. If you, if you kick them off their platforms, right, they can automatically say, it's because I'm black. And then, and then, obviously, the progressives are like, oh, wait a minute, we can't, we can't get them. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. have that. So you let them say whatever they want to. Farrakhan, Louis Farrakhan is probably the only black person I can think of who can literally say anything he wants, and it'll be fine. I'm telling you, and he does. He says some really bad things about Jews all the time. And, and, here's, and to be completely honest, like when I saw that entire interview between him and Alex Jones, there are things about Farrakhan I respect. It doesn't mean I yeah. agree with everything that he says. And Alex Jones himself said, Mr. Farrakhan, it doesn't mean I agree with everything that you say, but at least we can sit down and talk. And Farrakhan is so composed that he even slowed down Alex Jones because Alex Jones talks really fast yeah. and really animated and Farrakhan's just like super calm. And they're having a really, it was a really great interview. I was like, wow, I didn't know all that stuff about Farrakhan. But dude, Farrakhan is badass. I like Farrakhan, but again, it's like, because here's the thing, because people go, dude, like, that's, that's really bad, you know. But here's the thing. I honestly believe Farrakhan wouldn't kill Jewish people. He won't. He wouldn't. And I don't believe that he would for Stuff like that. He's a nonviolent kind of a dude. And, um. Well, he said it himself. He has never advocated for violence amongst people of different belief systems. But if you watch some of those clips he talks about, huh? <laughs> I said, but he'll kill his own real quick. Yeah, if Malcolm X. Somebody, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. He, he don't. Yeah, I'm telling you. I, mean, I don't know much about if he was involved with Malcolm X's assassination or whatnot, but. Well, the thing is, it's just you know. It's just one of those weird things, you know, as they say, the prophet is never loved in his hometown. And, and that's just a, a sad reality. I'm, if I'm going to be killed, I'm going to be killed by somebody in the ghetto. I'm not going to be shot by no cop or assassinated by the government. It's going to be one of my own people who's going to kill me. Not, not, uh, cause dude, like, did you hear what happened? But he renounced the nation of Islam. He renounced the nation of Islam. I thought that was the reason why they went after him and killed him. Well, no. Well, yeah, the group, he was still Islamic. Yeah, yeah. He, he was still a Muslim, but he wasn't Nation of Islam anymore. But anyway, but but here's here's a good point that that's puts this into um and and why or how you're going to get killed by your own. So here was this dude, uh some Mexican guy, he was the mailman. Yeah. He saw like some kid fighting with his mom, and so he broke it up. 
And then the kids tried to attack him, so he maced him. So the kid went inside, and then he shot the mailman. Mm. You know, like the, the ghetto mailman from his neighborhood. And, uh, you know, and that's how it works. It, it's the mailman didn't get killed by a cop or killed by... Yeah. You know, no, it, no, you definitely get killed by your own. Did you... Uh, one thing I want to note, do you, are you familiar with Madeline Murray O'Hare? Madeline no. Murray? So yeah. this is the woman who is singularly responsible for taking the, the case to the Supreme Court of removing prayer from schools. And she was oh. actually, yeah, we have to talk about this in a later episode. So this is a girl who had a very, very tough childhood and she's an atheist, a progressive, right? She is one of the reasons why one, a few people complaining was able to actually fully remove the aspect of prayer and religion from schools. So she's responsible for that. You got to read about her if you don't know her. It's yeah, crazy. No, I know, I know about her. I just yeah, yeah. But but what I'm trying to say, the way that's relevant to this. So she was part of the American atheist movement, right? You know how you said you get killed by your own. She was yeah. murdered by one of her followers. Wow. Murdered by one of her followers. She was murdered. Yeah, but that's my point, man. Like, oh yeah. So that's why I'm never worried about you know, going into new places or doing different things because they're not going to, why, why would they, they got nothing against me, but you know, people in the hood, they don't remember me. Oh yeah. I remember you, <laughs> you did this to me 10 years ago, but anyway, so, but, but, uh, so going back to, to all of this. So again, first step, you got Bernie Sanders, politicians telling these guys to do this and that promising. And then everybody, who watches the majority? Because look, 90% of the ghetto, they don't go to church. They just watch. Kind of like how they watch sports. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, they're uh, spectators. Yeah, they're spectators. But the thing is like this, when they see everything failing from policing, because dude, it's the worst. If you are a cop in a ghetto, it sucks because you're told to go in there and break all of these you know, to arrest all of these people who literally, like literally, they're choosing to live a certain way. So why, if, if a community decides to live a certain way, why do I give them a ticket? Why do I got to, you know, search and pat them for jaywalking, you know, or, or, you know, little things like that. Or if they're selling, you know, like that guy, Eric Garner, he was literally murdered because he was selling Lucy's, like a loose cigarette, like individual cigarette. He'd, he'd buy a pack of cigarettes and he's selling to people for like a buck or something like that. You know what I mean? And, you know, because a lot of people don't have enough money to buy a pack. So yeah, why not? Just sell them one at a time. Like literally stomach that dude. So why, you know, trust me, people in the ghetto, they don't trust cops because they're literally breaking their constitutional rights why because they're choosing to live a certain way an entire community chooses to live a certain way right and, uh and then you know so with a total lack of faith in your government in the political parties because political parties are not the government they're quote unquote the voice they're the people but they're not the people republicans and democrats are not the people those are just a certain it's like a gang Mm -hmm. it's literally a different gang so if you're from the from the ghetto and you see two gangs controlling how you live your life come on what are you gonna do 
You got that mentality. So what are you going to do? You're going to commit violence. Hmm. You will commit violence against everybody. Why? Because it's, it's either you or them. And then in Dallas, you saw those dudes shooting the cops. You saw everywhere. Come on, people are shooting cops left and right. Because why? It's to that point where everybody is a gang. The cops are a gang. The Republicans are a gang. The Democrats are a gang. And why? Because that's all they've shown. They have shown how to rob people from churches, the best of them. If the best of us are getting robbed at church, why can't I rob you back? Seriously, why can't I rob you back? You mm -hmm. rob me. You're not going to give me back my money. There's this lady. She's been working for a long, 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 long time, giving her money to the union. And the union did not represent her when she got fired. She right. lost her house. And that happens yeah. every day. And this happened in Stockton, California. So seeing this old woman lose her house after working for the government for 10 years, not having proper representation, come on, what message does that send to the rest of every black person in Stockton? They don't after, like you anymore. Well, not just that. No, but that's, no, it's, it's even worse than that. This is, and now it's going to be explicit language because this is what they're really going to think. Fuck that bitch. She was old and stupid. What she should have done was hustle. And now she's homeless at 60 something years old. I see what you're saying. It kind of, it makes everybody lose faith in that. And you look like a fool. You look like a fool to them. Yeah. And now that you're old, you got no place to go begging for money, oh, begging man. for money. Think about that. And, and that's, everybody sees that. Everybody sees it. Is that why in the, is that why in only in like the ghetto, right? There is such vigilant and uh, tribal responses to that because it's almost like you're not one of our own anymore and if they screw you over i can't help you yeah well see that's the point because very few people get to succeed in the ghetto and then mm. when she's when this one lady failed in stockton and she was paying her dues everything for 10 years but because she was a part-time employee she didn't get certain due process rights as a full-time employee, even though. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah, but that's why like, like I know the ins and outs of things like this. So like, okay, so a full-time employee has quote unquote real property interest, whereas a part-time employee does not. But in modern times, because see, there was a decision way back in 2005 where the California Supreme Court did very detailed uh analysis on things but in 10 years time times have changed where you can honestly work part-time and maintain real property in rural areas because everybody's only thinking about san francisco la oakland but nobody really thought about what if you had a part-time job you know with and you were living in a in the in the boonies like Stockton. Stockton's way out there. You know that was a farm town. Modesto was a farm town. You know it's known for farming and and growing lettuce and wineries. You know, so you know th those are the things that they didn't consider. So this lady was able to have real property interest, and plus, like, there's a lot of things into not just owning property, but you know, uh, a lot of things about property interest. She had it. She meant every single thing, but they didn't give her her due rights, her due process. And she lost everything. So everybody in the hood looks at her and now they laugh at her. 
because she was one of those Christian women who did everything right and da 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 da. And at the end, she got screwed. And mm-hmm. you know what are the politicians gonna do? Nothing. They don't care. Why? The unions run everything. Another gang. So you got the gang of the union, you got the gang of the Republicans, gang of the Democrats, gang of the police, gang of social services, gang of everybody stealing, stealing, stealing. And guess what? All of those people, see, now when people steal from you legally, that is still aggression, passive aggression, but still aggression. See, the ghetto, we don't do things passively. We aggressively aggressive you. So, you know, and that's the thing. And that's why the ghetto is the ghetto, you know, and, and, but, and I'm telling you now, the person who could honestly reach the ghetto, the politician, man, you're going to have like Trump. See, like, man, this is what people don't get. Trump is ghetto as hell. But, you know, I'm telling you, if there's a ghetto person to take over and become a mayor or a congressman, kind of like AOC, but AOC is not from the ghetto. So they made it seem like a ghetto girl did it, but she didn't. She's an actress. Justice Democrats, you know. She doesn't know anything about the ghetto eating popcorn. Who the hell eats popcorn? You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's a bunch of crap. Uh, I mean, I eat popcorn now only because it's so easy. It's, it's like cheap. You know, it's like ramen. You know what I mean? Like ramen noodles is is about the same price as a bag of popcorn. Like in the old days, popcorn was a luxury. It was expensive. You know, that yeah. popcorn crap. But uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, she's nothing. AOC's nothing. They're not going to get the ghetto. And, and because, look, you really got to help the ghetto if you're really going to do something. And the first person to change education, uh, to make schools better, like honestly make it better. And that's why school choice is so important. I guarantee you, if you gave a person a voucher, they will go and flood all these affluent schools because yeah. they're better. Every single, it'll turn into a black school. I'm telling you now, it would happen overnight. That's why they don't want vouchers because they don't want busting. They don't want none of that stuff. They don't want black people in schools. Yeah, no, but they don't. But trust me, these parents will drive their kids to school every day just to get them into a good school. You know, because they believe a good school is, is because look, these parents don't have the education to teach their kids like the way Asian parents do in this country, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and then you'll have some schools with no kids and then some schools with 60 students in a class, (laughs) but either way, but, uh, but I'm telling you, cause, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I got to get going. It's already 12. Yeah, no, no worries. But thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Professor Drig, for your perspective on that. Hope you guys got something out of this episode. We'll be back with another episode of American Made and Paid. So stay tuned as we continue this dialogue on uh, the ghetto. <laughs> yeah.